0: Last week, we saw the risen Lord concealed from two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They were heading home on Sunday afternoon discussing the events of the weekend when the recently risen Christ joined them. But for some reason, they didn't know who he was. All the text tells us is that their eyes were prevented From seeing him, it doesn't say why or how they were prevented from recognizing him or who might be responsible for their spiritual blindness. We noted that it's possible that God himself was responsible, that he didn't want them to recognize Jesus before he had the opportunity to answer the questions they were pondering about his death. And as Jesus talked with them, it did become evident. They had some major misconceptions about the nature of the Messianic kingdom. Furthermore, it was their misconceptions that led to the unfulfilled expectations that that saddened them greatly. Their hopes had been dashed when the one they hoped would be the Messiah had been killed. Even when they heard the women's report and of the angels' declaration that he was alive, they did not believe it. They dismissed the women's encounter with the angels as a vision and the report as nonsense. So maybe God wasn't responsible for their spiritual blindness. Maybe it was their own disillusionment that prevented them from recognizing Jesus. They had given up, and therefore were not expecting to see him. Or maybe they were simply blinded by a spiritual enemy, that one who blinds the minds of unbelievers had a hand in their false expectations and unbelief. Whatever the case, they weren't left in the dark for long. And this morning we're going to see the risen Lord revealed. To them. At some point in their encounter with the risen Lord, their eyes were opened. While they no doubt had an aha moment when they recognized him, I think we're going to see that he was actually revealed to them in several stages that he was revealed to them in scripture, in hospitality, in worship, and in fellowship. That he was in fact revealed to them in much the same way he is revealed to us today. And that revelation begins in scripture. In the 24th chapter of Luke's gospel. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? When the disciples didn't recognize him, Jesus didn't say, hey, guys, it's me, Jesus. Had he, they would have no doubt responded, no way. He's dead. And so Jesus began laying a foundation that would enable them to recognize him he had to clear up some misconceptions that contributed to their blindness they had wrong ideas about the messiah and the nature of his kingdom and as a result they were honestly disillusioned with jesus and the disillusionment that blinded them had come from a partial knowledge of what the scripture had to say about the christ so jesus took them back to the scriptures for another look and this time he wanted them to see and believe all of it not just the parts they liked you know like us they had a tendency to focus on favorite passages and ignore others and isn't it true we we do tend to focus more on the promises and the obligations more on the privileges and the responsibilities we read and even memorize the scriptures we like and skip over the passages we don't like to do so with god's word is obviously foolish but that's what these men had apparently been doing and jesus called them out on it oh foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken they obviously believed the great messianic text in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. They knew that scripture. But somehow they had missed what Isaiah said about the suffering servant. He was despised and forsaken of men. "'A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. "'And like one from whom men hide their face, "'he was despised, and we did not esteem him. "'Surely our griefs he himself bore, "'and our sorrows he carried. "'Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, "'smitten of God, and afflicted. "'But he was pierced through for our transgressions. "'He was crushed for our iniquities.' The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. How could they miss it? How could they not expect the Messiah to suffer? to be pierced through, to be crucified. But they did. They did. So before doing anything else to reveal himself, Jesus made sure they understood all that the scriptures had to say about him. And beginning with Moses, he took them through all the pertinent prophecies. He had to straighten up their thinking about him before they would be able to see him. They would have to understand all of Scripture before they would recognize the one who had come to save them from their sin. And that's where we must start if we would see Jesus today. We begin with a thorough examination of the Scriptures. When we learn all that is said about him in Scripture, we know what to expect. We know who to look for and where to find him. So if we would have a clear vision of Jesus, we must get into his word. But Jesus is not only revealed on the written page. He's also revealed through acts of hospitality. This might surprise you. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he would go farther. And they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. As they approached the village, the two disciples headed into Emmaus, but Jesus didn't give any indication that he was going to join them there. In fact, it appeared that he was going further. Now, when Luke says he acted as though he would go farther, he isn't suggesting that Jesus was play-acting, that he was simply pretending to go on. If the disciples had not invited him to stay, I believe he would have gone on. And if they hadn't urged him to stay with them, they may have never realized that it was Jesus who was walking with them. In Hebrews 13.2, we read, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. By extending hospitality to three men who came by his tent, Abraham unknowingly entertained angels and the Lord himself. Jesus had something pretty amazing to say about encountering him in acts of hospitality. In Matthew 25, we read, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or... Thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even to the least of them, you did it to me our acts of hospitality and benevolence are actually done to Jesus. We should therefore look for the face of Jesus in everyone to whom we minister. And while not yet able to be evidenced in the lives of the men who invited Jesus to stay with them, such encounters can work in the other direction as well. Those to whom we extend hospitality Should see the face of Jesus in us. I was reminded of that just last weekend. Grace brought Zach, a young man who was recently elevated to the status of boyfriend, home to meet the family. Grace got to know him at Encounter Functions, the campus ministry at ISU. And she had assured us of his love for Jesus. While sitting around the table after dinner, we asked him how he had come to know the Lord. And his answer surprised us. He said it was free food. He didn't grow up in a Christian home. And therefore didn't know Jesus when he arrived on campus. His first encounter with those who did took place on the quad when clubs and groups were making themselves known to incoming students. The free Popsicle he was given led to free hot dogs and hamburgers at the campus house. While then eating and playing games with them, he noticed something different about the students and the staff. He didn't know what it was, but it was Jesus. And after studying the Gospel of John with an intern... And watching the passion of Christ, seeing what Jesus endured for him, the eyes of Zach's heart were opened. Beginning with a simple act of hospitality, a free popsicle, Zach had encountered the risen Christ. And he therefore acknowledged his need for a Savior, was immersed into him, and made him the Lord of his life. Open hearts and open homes make it possible for all to gain a clearer picture of Jesus. The campus ministry sees the face of Jesus when looking at students, and students see Jesus in acts of hospitality. There's a good possibility that the disciples would not have recognized Jesus if they hadn't opened up their home to him. Hospitality, however, in and of itself, is not the final word in seeing Jesus in our midst. If we would see him clearly, we must go from simple hospitality to worship. And it came about that when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and breaking it, he began giving it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. Now some see in this a picture of communion. And the risen Lord is obviously revealed in the Lord's Supper. There's no indication, however, that this was a celebration of the Lord's Supper. It appears to be a simple meal. But Jesus did something that made this into more than just a meal. Following Jewish tradition, he broke the bread and blessed it before eating it. He prayed. He thanked God. And in asking God to bless the bread, he was committing himself to use the strength received from it in ways that honored God. If he hadn't then so quickly departed, he probably would have led them in singing a psalm or two. In short, he turned mealtime into a time for thanksgiving and worship. Why Jesus assumed the role of host, we can only surmise that may have been because they thought of him as a rabbi. He had, after all, been teaching them the scriptures as they walked along the road, and it was traditional to invite a a visiting rabbi to lead in the blessing at a meal, like many do today when a preacher has been invited to eat with them. Anyway, when Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and started passing it out, their eyes Opened. They recognized him. Some have suggested that they noticed the scars on his hands as he passed out the bread. That's a a beautiful thought. But there's no indication that was the case. But they did recognize him. And as soon as they did, he vanished from their sight. Now, why? Why did he leave so quickly? Because he'd accomplished. What he wanted. He had dealt with their misconceptions about the Messiah. And once he had been recognized, his physical presence was no longer required. They now knew he was alive. They knew he was still with them. They had recognized him in worship. And they knew he would always be with them in worship. The same is true for us. When we worship, whether it's in this place or around a table at home, we have a heightened sense of his presence. When we intentionally think about him, when we talk to him, when we offer up praise to him, when we worship him, we see him clearly through eyes of faith. But even worship is not the end of it. His presence is further confirmed in fellowship. And they said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they arose that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with him, saying, The Lord has really risen. He has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. As soon as Jesus left, they began discussing their common experience with him, how their hearts were burning within them as he was revealing himself to them their time of sharing was wonderful but they couldn't keep it to themselves they had to share their spiritual experience with others so they left food on the table and headed back to Jerusalem that very hour and they found the apostles they couldn't wait to share with them their encounter with Jesus but they had to wait Before they could say anything, the apostles shouted out, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They hadn't believed the women, but they believed Peter. As of yet, they hadn't all seen him, but they knew he was alive. Cleopas and his companion were finally able to exclaim, We know. We saw him too. You can feel the excitement in the room as they shared with each other their experiences with Jesus. And no doubt, their picture of Jesus sharpened as they did so. Again, the same is true for us. As we meet together with fellow believers, And share our personal experiences with Jesus, we all gain a more complete picture of Him. For it is in fellowship that we clearly see Him living in our midst. If we would have the risen Lord revealed to us today, we must look for Him in the Scriptures in hospitality, in worship, and in fellowship. And in looking for him, he will reveal himself to us. And as he reveals himself to us, we must invite him into our life. For only when he is an invited guest will he be able to fully reveal himself to us? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for giving us insight into how the disciples on the road to Emmaus came to understand who Jesus was and to see him in their midst. We acknowledge that sometimes it's really hard to see the risen Lord in in life and in our world, but by your grace and through, through your word and through acts of, of hospitality and benevolence and through worship and through fellowship together with believers, we see him. Thank you, Father, for revealing to us the living Christ and giving us the assurance that he's here today among us. Open our eyes, Father. Let us see Jesus. In his name we pray.